1: And welcome to The Ruck from The Times and The Sunday Times. I'm Jessica Hayden, a rugby journalist at The Times, and we're approaching the business end of the World Cup. We're into the knockout stages now. It's the quarterfinal weekend coming up. So in this week's episode, myself and 2014 World Cup winner Rachel Burford will preview the upcoming matches as the tournament is down to just eight teams. Hi, Rachel. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Good. another week down <laughs> another week down yeah so where are you calling from today
2: so I've just got back from Auckland so I'm back in Whangarei for the first round of quarterfinals this weekend and then I'll shoot back up to Auckland on Saturday night after the Black Ferns and Wales game um, ready for Sunday's game
1: yeah exciting times is anyone in your hotel this week so I've
2: the Italians are here now. Um, So Fiji, we've obviously said goodbye to Fiji. So they've yeah. gone and the Italians are in situ over there and they're actually very quiet. So they might just be out. <laughs> right, okay. We need to do like a,
1: a trophy for the team that lets you sleep the most and doesn't disturb you. <laughs> and at the moment it sounds like Italy would win because you haven't got the giggling of Fiji no. or the very loud sports of England and... The naughtiness of England, I think. Still time. There's still still time. time. Great. So (laughs) let's um, talk about this week's episode. We're going to head into the England camp to talk to Prop Maud Muir. Last year, I marked Maud as my rising star to watch for the upcoming year. And so far, she's been doing me proud. So really uh, looking forward to chatting to her. And we'll also preview the quarterfinals this weekend. But first Rachel I'd love to just chat to you about the final round of pool stage matches we said goodbye to Scotland Fiji South Africa and Japan who are you going to miss the most
2: Oh um I think I'm going to miss all of them but however I you know I think my heart was won by Fiji <laughs> just the the way that they played in all of their rounds um, and just the nature of them as a group, they're, they're a really good bunch. So, yeah, that I think Fiji is definitely the top of that list.
1: Oh, OK, yeah, I'm going to miss them all too. I thought Fiji were really fun. And Japan as well, just very impressed by, by them and really hope that by the next tournament we can see a bit more from Japan.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, you look at all the results kind of within those th- four teams, you know, narrow missing out or parts of their game being really strong yeah so what could expect in 25 is hopefully these teams will you know close that gap to the others and you know Scotland will win by two points instead of having that on their back of of just losing by two points throughout the tournament but um but yeah I think they've done their countries incredibly proud and each other incredibly proud as well yeah,
1: with Scotland, two losing bonus points. It just shows how close they are, as we said last week, and really hoping that by 25, hopefully we can have Scotland and Ireland in the World Cup and Scotland will be back to a bit better form. If we look back at the weekend now, lots of games to go into. What was your favourite game of the weekend?
2: Um, I really enjoyed actually the England-South Africa game. It was an intense game. That first half, you know, they were under a bit of pressure and then the floodgates just kind of opened in the second half. And I think also, like, on a personal level, a number of players, you know, made their debut, you know, knew that that would be their opportunity to impress. So, like, on a personal level, knowing how hard a number of those players have worked, you know, like Sarah McKenna, Jess Breach, um, to finally get their shot um, and then to deliver, you know, 13 tries, you um, over the course of that game, I was, I was really impressed. And and yeah, I was sat with the um, non-playing reserves. We managed to sneak our way in there. Um, And so it was nice getting a little bit of an insight from those guys as the game was unfolding as well. So, but the, (laughs) the South African non-playing reserves, they were wild, like singing, (laughs) chanting, dancing, you know, like really trying to motivate their players and just being so mega proud for them. And, and the England bench was like totally silent. So we, <laughs> there was no um, there was no back and forth, but it was, yeah, it was an entertaining one. I saw at the end of the match, South
1: Africa were dancing on the pitch as if they'd won the match. You know, they were dancing around singing and the England girls did then join in with them and it looked really nice at the end of the match. Did you catch any of that?
2: Yeah, um, so that's they did that because um, Zene Jordan retired yeah. who's been a long-standing player for them and they like got her up on their shoulders and you know England joined in to pay their respects as well um you know that wouldn't have been the result that they wanted to go out on but um just giving her you know a traditional sing song which the South Africans love singing um mm-hmm. talking to Lynn Campbell, who's head of high performance for South Africa yeah. and she said um she said before the Fiji game they were quite quiet um, but she said for this game, the songs were blaring out and the singing on, on the bus on the way over. So they're in really good spirits and decent effort to still have that energy at the end of the game to do that um, is impressive.
1: The amount of defending that they had to do, yeah, to have that energy at the end. And you know what? I don't think that score's reflective of South Africa. 75-0 is a, a huge result for England and, you know, as you say, 13 tries to them. South Africa had some really strong points and what would what will you be hoping that they develop in time for the next World
0: Cup?
2: Yeah I think you know their physicality is there isn't it? Yeah. Um, That was definitely demonstrated but it's just about having time together being more organised reading pictures a little bit better like there was Mm. a time where they literally could have drawn pass, and England had Nobody down the channel on the blind side, but they kicked it to Abby Dow, of all people you kick it to, Yeah. who then gave her a free run when they actually probably would have been on the other end of a big line break. So, you know, I think kind of reading the pictures Mm -hmm. um, is probably the best. If if they can improve that and their game understanding, then, you know, they're a good side and they are well organised and well drilled, but they just need more time and that kind of development in... Um, you know, maturity on the pitch. Absolutely agree. And I think more test matches under their belt will
1: only do them favours before the next World Cup. We've got some big, other big results. New Zealand won 57 nil against Scotland, who, of course, we did say goodbye to. It's a sorry end for Scotland because I thought, again, as we've said, some really good performances from them, but just couldn't couldn't get the wins um australia won 13-7 against wales france won 44-0 we had three matches in the final round that were um you know big scores to nil do you see this as a problem rachel do you see this as something that might turn viewers off or fans off or do you think it's just like a a sign of the times that we're in and and room for improvement
2: well i think if you're somebody who's turning off um then i'm not sure how you enjoy rugby full (laughs) stop because the brilliant tries that New Zealand were scoring same with France and and with England. If you're not entertained by that, then God knows. And even though those were scores are high, but that it was still such a, a huge defensive effort, you know, big moments for the opposition as well. So it wasn't just a blowout. And, you know, we often talk about how scores don't necessarily reflect the effort and the intensity or how that game went. It only gives you one picture. Um, so yeah I would be disappointed people because I think New Zealand started so well they took some really big opportunities and then you know if people were watching this game it, they would realize that it was 45-0 at half time so then that says something about what Scotland did in that second half yeah um and the same for Fiji you know there were so many chances for them, but they just couldn't finish it off. And I think it does mark, you know, it's end of three weeks after two big games for mm. all of those teams, you know, that has a knock on effect. And even with the seven day turnaround and the bigger squads, they're not used to doing that. So I think, you know, it is part of where we are at the moment. Um but having said that it was still entertaining rugby on both sides of the ball Yeah and then we had Japan 8, Italy
1: 21 and finally for for the final stage of the, the groups Canada 29, USA 14 now that is a quarter final again so this game's being repeated this week. We spoke a little bit Rachel before on the podcast about what it's like to play a team in the group stages and then play them again in a knockout match so that was really close, Canada-USA. 29 to Canada, 14 to USA. But USA showing some promise. Is this quarterfinal against the Canada-USA quarterfinal a foregone conclusion or is it all to play for still?
2: No, I think that was the best performance that USA had put in. They really challenged Canada throughout the game. They tested them defensively, which Canada struggled to find any um, game line or find any holes to get through and that put them under pressure Mm. and I think this is an interesting one because USA will look at that and think oh if we we can take them we know we could have we really pushed them in this game so they'll be feeling okay they're under all the pressure they're the ones who are who beat us last time so they've got to um you know they're the ones who with that on their their tag on their back we're just coming in as underdogs and we're just going to go absolutely for it Rob Kane said before the tournament started if we get ourselves into a knockout stage I reckon we can cause an upset yeah and you know you could see that happening but then I think for Canada they'll be thinking right how many times have we beaten this team now we know that we can do that we just want to we need to find a way to beat them well they you know from last week there was errors from them that you know not many people have ever um, penetrated their de- uh, defense, mm. and USA found their way through. But both teams, you know, they've got good coaching setups, and they'll be able to rectify some of those errors on both teams this weekend. This week, sorry, planning on going into the weekend, so it will be a really interesting one. And yeah, I'm I'm quite excited for that one. We did say there's always one upset at
1: World Cup and that's a good contender for an upset in the knockout stages. And another group of people who will be keeping a very close eye on that are the Red Roses because they will play the winner of Canada USA in the semi-final should they beat Australia on Sunday. And now we're going to head into the Red Roses camp to chat to Prop Maud Muir about the quarterfinal stages and the tournament so far. We're delighted now to be joined by Prop Maud Muir from England. Maud was my rising star to watch at the end of last year. We had to all the Times writers put forward their player to watch that they think is going to break through on the international scene in 2022. And I chose Maud. And so far, she's been doing me proud and making me look like I know what I'm talking about because she's been fantastic this year. Maud, we're so grateful to you for joining us. How are you? I'm good, thank
3: you. Yeah, just... A bit sunburnt from today's session, but other than that, all good.
1: What was today's session?
3: Um, So it was our first fast session. So just going through set plays, preparing for
1: tomorrow, which is our hard hard session pretty much, Um, but clarifying everything for the game. Right okay we were told that we have to give you an apology from Steve Jones who was meant to be with us today and he can't be with us he's he's had to run elsewhere but he said that all the girls at Maidenhead who you used to coach send their love and they're loving watching you at the World Cup you're doing them proud yeah they're so cute so that 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 means something to me thank you ah um so it's your first World Cup it's been an amazing World Cup journey so far a year ago, did you think you'd be here?
3: No, definitely not. Um,
1: a year ago, I don't, I, think,
3: I don't even know if I had my first cap a year ago. Um, it was in the autumns. And yeah, I, I was like, maybe, hopefully get into the squad playing. I didn't think even was on the cards at all. So the fact I've played in all the games so far, it's, yeah, it's pretty crazy mind blown really
1: (laughs) I remember Simon Middleton saying in the autumns last year as an example of how the squad is so good for the World Cup and how difficult his decisions are going to be was that you were giving him a hard time because you were playing so well that he was saying well look Maud has played only a couple of matches and she could well be in the New Zealand squad so it's been a dramatic year for you I imagine life has changed quite a lot
3: yeah definitely and then so I was in uni as well last year and in I think it was in March, April, maybe a bit later, also got a contract. So now being full time, that's changed a lot of things and means that I can just solely focus on um, on training and playing as opposed to in the evenings doing uni work and stuff like
2: that. Um, so that's, that's also been a weight lifted off my shoulders as well. And Maud, it's obviously quite intense, isn't it? Training all the time with the squad for a lot of time leading into the World Cup longest time being away from home etc give us an insight to your roommate i want some gossip i want to know <laughs> good, what's the best thing about your roommate and what's the worst thing about your roommate. you can choose to disclose oh. their name or you can keep it under wraps
3: okay so well i'll disclose her name um my roomie has been for maybe six months now lucy packer on the like personality side of things we are probably two very opposite ends of the spectrum <laughs> she's like blue of blues and I'm the yellowest
2: of yellows um but sometimes so it we works. we need Somehow. to give people some understanding what that means so blues like bit. detailed boring quiet <laughs> is that what you're saying and yellows are like fun um, sociable yeah. loud yeah <laughs> um yeah blues
3: like they know what they want sort of thing they're very intellectual actually know their stuff whereas <laughs> yellow is a bit more free going you know go with the flow just quite loud some may say attention seeking but I wouldn't <laughs> <laughs>
1: I hear there's a lot of yeah. red players I that's what uh, Vicky Cornwall is telling me that there's you all have you so you've all done personality tests in the England squad. So you all know yeah. what colour you are. How many colours are there? Yeah. So there's four colours: blue, yellow, red, green. Okay.
3: Um, green's more of the like nice girls that, of just do do lots of things for other people, and then red's just like you know angry.
1: Okay. So you need to give us an example. Who's a red?
3: Red Vicky Combra is a bit of a red, but she's also a bit of a blue. So you have you normally have two. Two colours that you fit into. Okay. So she's um, a purple. A, more...
1: a purple, yeah.
3: <laughs> so <laughs> we who... don't go into
1: that much. Maud, you're a yellow. Lucy is a blue. Vicky Cornborough yeah. is a red. So who's a green? Lydia Thompson. Lydia Thompson. And... Or Lark as well. Or who, sorry? Lark. Lark Davis. Okay. Green. So what's a green? What do they do? They're just so nice.
3: And like, they think of yeah. other people, other people are uh, in their mind first. That's my secondary color. Right. I'm not I'm very red. I want. They're all about I'm
1: harmony. Trying, okay. Yeah. Keeping the peace type people.
2: Yeah. Want everyone oh. to be happy and okay.
1: Right. And Rachel, what do you think you are? Or do you know what you are? Have you done this?
2: Yeah, I've done this. So I'm three colors over the line. So I lead with uh, yellow, closely by red, and then green. Right. Okay. No blue. Teeny, teeny, are you teeny, no teeny blue? bit of blue yeah i'm a no none, none i try really hard i try really hard
1: okay i feel yeah. like i need to do this test now and i'm going to get back to you i'm going to do this over the week and then
2: you're
1: definitely green. i'm definitely agree well <laughs> i feel like that's I a compliment rachel i don't know is yeah, it yeah no it is it is does, does that not make me a people pleaser or is it
2: no it's you're caring considerate you think of others
1: oh that's very none precise. of them are bad
2: okay. yeah
3: but everyone wants to be green
1: Okay, well, I'll take that as a compliment then, Rachel. That's very kind of you. Um, if we're <laughs> <laughs> moving on, I'm going to get way too sidetracked in this and be doing the test on the podcast if I don't be careful. Um, Maud, we've been watching you play cricket on the beach, and we, we've seen the England team, you've been playing against the staff on the beach in beach cricket. I know <laughs> that you have a cricketing background, and you even toured uh, Sri Lanka, right, in 2016, and you were described as your team's star batter. So what, why rugby? Do you just not want to stick with cricket? And has your competitive nature come out playing beach cricket?
3: Definitely my competitive nature has come out. Um, I I love all games like that. Um, and I'm definitely, when they don't choose me to bat first, I'm like, oh, it's kind <laughs> of annoying. Um, and yeah, I did. So I did go to Sri Lanka with my cricket team. Um, I was actually in a different cricket team. And then I told my dad that there this new cricket team had a had a tour to Sri Lanka. So we went and we actually well I moved club to go to make sure that I could go. And it turned out to be a great club, but I definitely wanted a trip to Sri Lanka. Um but yeah I'm I I was never that good at cricket. I was a great fielder. I wasn't good at bowling. I wasn't good at batting. I was I could occasionally smack it around, but normally I'd get out on the first ball. Um, but I gave it a good go and I was all about the team in cricket. (laughs) Um, and yeah, I loved fielding. That was my Uh, forte.
2: I'm keen to know outside of the Discovery Settlers, it was about, it felt like 11 o'clock at night and there was lots of screaming, shouting (laughs) and I couldn't actually see what was going on. Was that cricket then? That's when the cricket was going on. That, That was cricket. That was our attempted to, um, Stay up till
3: 9 pm because our game was p- being played at 8. Um, that was our our way of staying up. And are you guys still beating the coaches? Oh, yeah. Every, every single game we beat them. And
2: can we talk about their tracksuits? Is that is that for show? Their tracksuits? Or, or are they, <laughs> they're like in, they, well, more, do you yeah. explain what they Describe wear? Describe them to me. These cricket matches. They're like retro,
3: umbro, blue and lime green matching tracksuits that all three of the coaches came down in. We didn't know if it was a joke. Still don't really know if it's a joke. (laughs) Hoping it's because they didn't look the best. Let's just say that.
2: I reckon it wasn't a joke. And then your reaction then made it. Oh, just for banter. We got these for banter. (laughs) yeah uh, definitely
1: the idea of Simon Middleton in a retro umbro track suit is just I'm gonna have to look this up now and try and find a picture of that yeah Maud you've played in all three matches so far it's been a real I mean it must have just been a whirlwind as you've you've said coming off the bench and I know that Simon has spoken about you before being such a versatile player and you come on and you've got such power and strength and you go hard and we saw that especially against France you know coming off and you coming off the bench and you just kind of were firing in there. Are you are you happy with your position in the squad as someone who comes off the bench or are you are you still really fighting for that starting position?
3: Yeah, definitely. So I I was meant to start um last week and obviously because of injuries and stuff like that only little ones um meant I I had to move across to the other side of the scrum and come onto the bench, which obviously I was disappointed, but I think at this point in my career, I'm more than happy coming off the bench and like knowing that I can come off the bench and make, try and make an impact. I think that's uh, right now, that's what I want to do. And I want to consistently make that impact on every game I come off the bench. Um, obviously a start would be lovely, but I'm not expecting it, um, especially at the World Cup the, ne- the next few weeks.
2: And it's a big weekend mod, quarterfinals, knockout rugby. I mean, how excited are you for that? And there's obviously been a lot of chat about the mall game that you guys have. It's powerful, it's prolific. A lot of forwards will love it. Um, but have you got some other tricks up your sleeve for this weekend?
3: Yeah. Um, obviously, saw the media saying that um, malls are boring and, you know, no one likes to watch it. Um, our kind of thing this week is, well, try and stop us sort of thing mm. um like why would you nice wait what nice the phrase what is it like why break something if it's not fixed or something like that um that. That is... oh, don't, fix, don't fix it if it ain't broke
2: do not edit that do not edit that that what is is
1: don't fix it if it ain't
3: broke don't fix it if it ain't broke um yeah so <laughs> we i think we're doing what we can throughout the this week and um, we're not changing too much, but yeah, we're 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 just working on our basics and doing that well, um, and bringing that into the to
1: the game. Maud, Rachel and I were talking off there about how much we love your mall game, and that we were very pleased that it wasn't us that were being criticised by Simon Middleton because we would never say that we don't enjoy the, the mall game. We we're big fans of the we
2: love them
1: the line out driving mall over here on the right. I'm love sure mall. you. Do well you do (laughs) yeah I mean it's brilliant rugby isn't it um Maud thank you so much for your time it's been so lovely to chat to you and we're wishing you the best of luck in the quarterfinals and we hope you know we hope this is a win we hope to be able to watch you in the final and we're really really grateful for your time so thank you very much for joining us
3: thank you very much for having me
0: VoiceOver describes what's happening on your iPhone screen.
4: VoiceOver on. Settings.
0: So you can navigate it just by listening.
4: Books. Contacts. Calendar. Double-tap to open. Breakfast with Anna from 10 to 11.
0: And get on with your day. Accessibility. There's more to iPhone.
4: Small details or big surfaces? Tight corners or odd shapes? Flat, rounded, textured or tall? Whatever your next project... There's a spray paint pattern that's just right because Rust-Oleum's new custom spray five in one gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage or anything else. Custom spray five in one only from Rust-Oleum. Planning for your next trip?
1: So lovely to chat to Maud there. She's just such a breath of fresh air, isn't she, Rachel? She's just such a lovely character.
2: Yeah, she's just a ball of good energy and always comes across really positive, really good to chat to
1: her. I'm definitely going to be doing that personality test. Now, if we
2: move (laughs) on
1: to the fixtures that are happening this weekend, we've been saying a couple of times now that there's always an upset. Of the quarterfinals, we'll just run through them quickly for the listeners. There's France, Italy, New Zealand, Wales, England, Australia, and Canada versus USA. Which one of those do you think is most likely to cause an upset?
0: Ooh,
2: I think the Canada USA game. Yeah, could could be an upset. Yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah, we did mention that before that we think USA could pip it there. Be quite a big upset if they if they do go through.
2: Yeah, which is why I'm airing on the caution. Like, I think Canada will win, but out of all of the four quarterfinals, if there's going to be an upset, I think it will be there.
1: See, I'm, still, I'm sticking with France-Italy. I really, really think that <laughs> Italy could come out and surprise us all. Um, so, yeah, I'm still thinking that could be an upset. Italy have been playing really well. France obviously um, have a few injuries and they've had a really tough um, run so far. Playing in England, I think that's just like so tiring. Um, so I think that that could be a really good match. New Zealand-Wales, obviously we've seen it before. We know what happened last time. New Zealand won by a lot. Um, is that one fairly
2: predictable, do you think? I think so. Yeah, I think New Zealand will be too strong for them. Although there is a lot of rain predicted this weekend. So that could come into play a little bit as well. But I do think, you know, New Zealand will put... I'd like to see New Zealand put what they think is their strongest 15 out. And because he was... Waynesmith was still experimenting throughout um, the pool stages. So putting their strongest team out. Wales, again, losing players that won't be part of this game again this weekend. So I do think that that New Zealand will be too strong.
1: Wales have brought in Kate Williams, who's replacing Alicia Butchers. Now, Kate is Swansea-born but was raised in Auckland and she's been playing at the, the the Defence World Cup, which is a World Cup for the armed forces out in New Zealand. It's been happening at the same time as the Women's World Cup. I don't know anything about Kate Williams. I haven't seen her play. Do you know of her? Do you think this is a good addition to
2: the squad? Well, she's definitely prepared because I've been along to the Defence World Cup and it is fiercely competitive and very physical. Um, I haven't come across her as a player before, but a number of the players, you know, have spoken highly about her. She obviously comes from a a very disciplined um, background, obviously in the forces. So I think, yeah, I think she'll be a great addition. It gives that extra number in training as well. And, you know, a bit of, new new person around camp as well can can bring in some good energy.
1: Yeah, we know that she did train with Wales back in July, so she's not a stranger to the players. Uh, and she, she's fr- from Auckland, she's grown up in Auckland. So she's hopefully, you know, com- coming fresh from the Defence World Cup and can add that much needed strength to the Welsh pack. New Zealand have also had their issues this week. I'm just going to quickly read out a statement from New Zealand Rugby it says New Zealand Rugby acknowledges the scheduling clash between the Black Ferns' crucial Rugby World Cup quarterfinal against Wales and the All Blacks test against Japan on Saturday. Unfortunately, when Japan Rugby set the kickoff time for the All Blacks test, New Zealand Rugby did not take into account the Rugby World Cup stipulation that the host nation would play in the quarterfinal two time slot, regardless of pool results, and may inadvertently cause a clash. So, Basically, New Zealand rugby knew what time the women would be playing in the quarterfinal and they still organised a test match for the men to play Japan. This is being criticised a lot on social media as a, as a big insight. They're the host nation of a tournament. This should have been pretty obvious for them from the start. What's your reaction to that, Rachel? Well,
2: I, I just think it's really disappointing mm. and I think it, it was so avoidable. That, that They're the things that frustrate people the quarterfinal dates were set back in 2021 and so for me it's just a massive oversight and and the fact in their statement it says um we didn't take it into account well you should be questioning why you aren't taking those things into account and Mm. it just gives a really bad um you know perception of how the union view the black ferns considering a massive amount that they've invested to try and help turn this squad around over the last eight months, and then for for something like this, which is it, it's really disappointing because the amount of traction, the and momentum that the Black phones have got from their supporters and viewing figures has been unbelievable, and you'd you'd hate for for a knockout stage. And even if people are thinking, well, they're playing Wales. This is what they did to them last time. We know what the conclusion is. Like, that's irrelevant. It's all Mm -hmm. about keeping the momentum throughout the tournament. So I I think it's a massive oversight. And I think it's a lesson that will be learned and not repeated. And I really hope that they find some form of solution to make sure that fans are able to watch the Black Ferns and and fans are able to watch the All Blacks. Like, you want both things to, to be successful.
1: Absolutely. And do you think that there's, or have you noticed any backlash in New Zealand? Are players talking about it or anything like that?
2: I think, you know, naturally a few players are are talking about it. I suspect, you know, this is me just speculating, but, you know, if I was in the Black Ferns camp, I'd be a bit embarrassed by it Mm. and probably not really wanting to engage in it. And, you know, (laughs) the girls are, I think in some of the press releases, you know, they're just saying well, you just have to come down to our game and make sure that you're there watching live. If it's not then going to be broadcast or... But I think it still is. But I think, yeah, I don't think there's too much chatter. I think these players are just... They want all of that side of things to be working operational-wise and doing Mm. well. However, they'll be so focused on playing the game and getting the result.
1: Yeah, of course. Rachel... Let's just before we finish, let's run through the quarterfinals. I want your prediction for each match. France versus Italy is at four thirty m on Saturday. Who who's winning it? France. France. Okay. New Zealand. Wales.
2: New Zealand. That's
1: at half seven on Saturday as well for for listeners. On Sunday, England versus Australia, one thirty m. Rachel, who's the winner? England. And we've already discussed this. 3.30am is Canada USA and who's going to win that Canada great okay so this sets it up for a Canada England semi-final and a France New Zealand semi-final so that's that would be amazing that France New Zealand match would be incredible I think if if we've predicted this right and they're the teams that go through
2: yeah I think both semi-finals would be really tasty to be honest um and it will be a real it'll be really interesting particularly the black ferns and france considering they last out in together um back in the the autumn so it'll be really interesting to see how those two match up now this has been the ruck from the times and the sunday
1: times rachel thanks so much for joining us this week
2: oh it's my pleasure um yeah really looking forward to to what's coming this weekend starting the business end
1: oh it's going to be an exciting week ahead, and we'll be back to catch up with you on thursday but before that on monday you'll get your usual roundup of everything that happens over the weekend in the gallagher premiership and as i say i'll be back next thursday for another podcast focused on the women's world cup until then follow or subscribe from wherever you get your podcast from and thanks for listening
0: VoiceOver describes what's happening on your iPhone screen.
4: VoiceOver on. Settings.
0: So you can navigate it just by listening.
4: Books. Contacts. Calendar. Double-tap to open. Breakfast with Anna from 10 to 11.
0: And get on with your day. Accessibility. There's more to iPhone.
4: Small details or big surfaces? Tight corners or odd shapes? Flat, rounded, textured or tall? Whatever your next project...